Hi, and welcome to the Thinking Through Our 20s podcast. This is the show where two friends in their 20s think through life together. I'm Nicole, and my co-host is Nathan. And on this episode, we're scratching the surface on how we're navigating the world of social media right now in the summer of 2020. Let's start just talking about social media. And when we're talking about social media, which which uh, platforms are you on right now? For me, my like dailies that I'm checking almost every day have been Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Reddit. If Reddit counts as a social media app, I guess that's social media. Yeah, so it'd be it'd be those ones. I once in a while get on Tumblr still, but that's a very different type. <laughs> what of are you doing on Tumblr? It's a very different type of social media. I do it for the nostalgia, okay? It's like my like safe space where I'm like, no one knows me. I've been here since I've been 14. Do you keep a MySpace too? No, I couldn't get back into my MySpace. But that means you tried? Yeah, I think we've all... Yeah, yeah, I've tried. All right, all right. What, what socials are you talking about when we're going through this? I, I really have Instagram, Facebook, and occasionally, like, Kim will send me tiktoks oh, okay kim's and on tiktok yeah or my brother or you'll send me tiktoks like those are the only times i'll look at tiktok um and i just look at it through the web link yeah but for me mainly instagram facebook i'll look at reddit too but that's more i'm like reading more than socializing but i guess yeah reddit counts too how much do you think who you follow like how much what does that say about you does it say a lot about you does it say a little about you or about what you're trying to become yeah it's the idea of like what does our feed say about ourselves and the person that we hope to be because especially right now I feel like with everything going on it it would be easy to kind of like make your feed kind of this like I don't know, you can, it, it's easy to carry your feet, I feel like, so that way you're, you, it almost like reflects like, oh, I want to be the type of person that, you know, only eats out of my backyard what I've grown in the garden and is super into like local business and supporting them mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. is really into like supporting like local social justice movements and what's going on there and my local politics and all this. And so I, I'll curate my feed to reflect that in who I follow and who I interact with a lot. But then in reality, like, I've just been sitting in my room for the last four months or whatever it's been, you know? Hmm. That was that whole rant I wanted to tell you about algorithms. Because I think the the whole idea with that algorithm, like, we're in an attention economy. As long as Instagram, Twitter, etc. can keep you online, they're making money and they're happy. And so, like, like you said, like, you can set up your account to just keep showing you the same uh like makeup artist that you're watching or like wildlife photographer or food uh blogger um and your whole feed can look like that and i think i think those algorithms are like burying people in ideologies that where like you said they feel like they're participating and i think that's kind of like the beauty of the social media that you can connect with people and feel connected but actually not be even close um because i like we said i think it's a one-way conversation a lot of time i don't think there's any 
any real genuine interaction that's happening. Um, and so I feel again, like those algorithms, it's kind of dangerous because you can get really close and because you're inundated with all the same thing over and over, which presents its own, I guess, ethical dilemma. If we should be seeing like counterpoints or like, if there's a food blog, there should also be like a, I don't know. I don't know what the counter to a food blog would be. Um, but someone that's really interested in the desserts, but instead it'll keep showing you like cooking, 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 and never show you baking. I feel like that's what those algorithms do. And I feel like it's making us narrow sighted and make us feel more connected than we actually are. Yeah. Cause I think that there could be a danger with that in that it's easy to lull yourself into this idea of, Oh yeah. Like, of course everyone thinks that way. Like you'd be stupid to not think that way or to not live your life this way or, or whatever it is. But then, you know, you go out into the real world or the, you know, world in real life, IRL mm-hmm. and you go, Oh wait, I've like, these people don't all think like me. And, you know, we could say that, you know, that's also, that happens in a lot of other contexts and subcultures and stuff in person. But, you know, I think especially like just the easy one to go for is like politics and how, you know, politics, it can be so easy to create that bubble where you think that, oh, everyone must think like me. And then you go somewhere that the majority of people don't think like you or are on the fence or just don't really have an opinion or whatever. And it's easy to kind of have that bubble like be popped a little bit and be like, oh, wait. So if you log on to like Facebook or whatever, you know, your entire feed is just filled with people posting the same type of message or from the same stance. But then I go to work and like my coworkers don't care or they're staunchly opposed to that, you know. But Mm. it's easy to. But then is it like, is it a good thing to build a feed like that because it helps to create that community that we don't have in real life, like in person. And so we build that online and have a sense of support through that. Or is that, I wonder if that would be a case by case, because I'm thinking like, you know, say like if someone is a new parent and they're stuck at home with the kid for two months or whatever, like them connecting with other parents is something that they don't have in person, but they've got online. And so that would be like, I feel like that's an example of like, Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. But mm-hmm then, you know, if you're living in a, what, like a super democratic state and you're super Republican. And so that your only exposure to like other Republicans is getting to like talk to them online. Like, is that just like a way of like maintaining these views that you, I don't know. Hmm. I I do think there is like, let me try that again. I think that being able to argue well is a lost art. Mm-hmm. I don't think people, like, mm-hmm. almost in, like, a law sense, are able to see both sides of the story. Like, lawyers have to look at arguments, and they also have to look at counter-arguments. I think for us, when we're looking at media and, in, in like, just surrounding ourselves with people that think the same, I don't think we're even looking at counter-arguments a lot of time. Like, it's not necessarily our fault, but there's not anything that's hitting you and like causing you to think, oh, maybe I should be thinking about something else um, or thinking about this a different way. Uh, yeah, back in back in Berkeley during the election, the 2016 election when Trump got elected, it all before before that actually happened, because it was such a liberal area, like I 
I thought it was like a no brainer that Hillary was going to win. Like I really did not even have, I, I was like, Trump is, I'm not even going to say any, I think it's enough said about him, but it's like, I, I really thought he had no chance because all the chatter I heard, everything that people were saying, both for Hillary and against Trump. And that's the only thing I was hearing through the entire campus. Like there's like campus, social media, everywhere I look, there was no, and again, we're in California as it is, but I think when, yeah, when he started to win, I, I remember being in lab and I was like, oh my gosh, he just took like some really big states. Like, and of course, like it started at the central, like center of America. And it's like, okay, of course that's going to be red. But once a few states on the coast started turning red as well, like Hillary never like caught much traction and it was over. And I was like, what just happened? Like, and I think they're, like you said, there's like a balance to, I, I didn't even have conception of people that are voting for Trump. I'd never heard anyone like be pro-Trump. So I, I think, yeah, there, there does have to be some kind of balance. Cause I, I think it's important to be able to like, if you are going to vote blue, if you're going to vote red, you have to know what you're talking about and you want to go deep into that. But I think part of the problem is that a lot of us are relying on it's it's like passive information that we're gaining from social media as our information source. So I feel like that's a very dangerous spot that our nation is kind of turning towards. And it's not healthy. I think actually the very to me, the first person, first social media group to catch on to that was actually Snapchat. I thought when they started doing Snapchat news Facebook might have been first, but I think the Snapchat one was more in your face about the agenda they were trying to push. And I was like, why are, why are they doing this? But I think they recognized before we did that there's power behind social media and the news and information that they're feeding. Like, even if it's, uh, yeah, even if you agree disagree, or disagree, like, the stuff that they're showing you does change how you think about things passively. And I, yeah, I think, I think Snapchat integrating it is a big part of it because that suddenly made things accessible. So, mm. you know, instead of having to go and download a separate news app and then go open that news app and set up push notifications or whatever with that, or, you know, change it to your interests, you know, like, I don't know quite know how Snapchat news works. Cause I never really used it. Just the, yeah, I never really used Snapchat news. But like on Instagram, you know, there's a couple of political groups that, that you can follow and they will pop up on your news. Same thing on Facebook too, you know. But it almost makes it more accessible to get new information or breaking news or anything because you'll be on your Instagram or your Twitter just scrolling and then suddenly something pops up and it's from, you know, CNN or, or some, like some news source that you're like, oh, I, mm. I, I trust them. And so it's almost like you don't have to, you know, they, they've taken the effort out of it. Like you don't have to go seek out this information. It just comes to you. So mm. whether that's good or bad, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know at the beginning of this whole like pandemic thing, I turned off my push notifications for the news stuff and I had to like unfollow a lot of 
places on Reddit and Instagram and Twitter just because I was feeling very overwhelmed with like, you know, I felt like I felt like it was every five minutes it was like a, a giant thing would happen like in the US or in some other country that would happen that I was just like, this is I don't have a I don't have a way to categorize this. I don't have any concept of this. So I just I have to like turn that stuff off right now. Like I can't deal with that. Like I have to deal with, you know, my own family situation, what's going on. So mm. once I did that, I realized like, oh, it's I have to be more intentional about seeking out the information. Like it'd still come across my Twitter, but it was a lot more, you know, it's harder to find sometimes. Or I'd have to like specifically go to like my Google News app to like see headlines and stuff. Which in a way mm. it's like, okay, well, you know, there's 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 probably issues with that and that, you know, I can just choose to turn off the news and it doesn't affect me, okay. But then also, like, you need to be still be informed. <laughs> so, you know, because you don't want to... At least for me, I don't want to... I don't want to form opinions just based off of, oh, this is how I feel or this is how my friends feel or that kind of a thing. Like, I think, yeah, that whole... what What did you call it? Like, the ability to argue or the... Like that art of argument, being able mm-hmm. to do that is important, and you can't just do that from well, this is how I feel, or this is what I have experienced, or this is what my friend has experienced, because then someone else can just meet that argument with something else, you know. That goes to a larger problem that we probably don't want to dive into. Is like you can find anything on the internet, yeah, anything to support anything. You can support a flat Earth. You can support like crazy conspiracy theories like anything you want to find on the internet you can find and so i feel like old school like our parents would read the newspaper in the mornings and sure your newspapers have a slant every newspaper has a slant but i i feel like that at least knowing that they have a slant and reading that is better than what we're doing and often us hunting through the internet for news and kind of selectively choosing what we want to read i feel like that's a dangerous approach a dangerous approach to being informed and so social media seems kind of like an easier way like they're giving us like the low lying fruit that we can just have like a little sound bite from media or a little like news flash but we're unaware like where it's coming from or who's saying it, who's saying like what they've said in the past. Whereas in the newspaper, like you're reading kind of the same art articles and same authors. So you kind of know how they operate. And so I feel like that was a pretty big change. What, what about for you? Like, do you, how do you get your information? I'm, I'm a Cro-Magnon man. I still use Yahoo news. <laughs> And you make fun of me for still using I... Tumblr, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I, I'm i either there or when I'm with my grandpa, he's watching like the news on TV mm-hmm. and I'll watch with him. When I'm home, my parents don't watch the news as much. So usually I'll hear about something and then I'll Google. I'll just press the news button on Google yeah. and just see whatever comes up. Yeah, that's usually what will happen with me is I'll like see someone has tweeted something and sometimes I'll like depending on what it is, I'll like it and be like, oh, I'll, just, I'll go back later and like look at this in more depth. Or sometimes it's if it's a bigger thing, like, oh, someone's died. I'm like, oh, I'm going to Google that right now. Let's see, like, you know, is this credible? Because Twitter keeps killing off people that are still alive. Yeah. So 
Yeah, but so then it's like, oh, but then we have the resources to then, you know, just oh, Google real quick. And then, you know, you have 10 different news sources that are from all different angles reporting on the one thing that just happened. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah, I feel like we could go down a whole rabbit hole of, like, information, disinformation, fake news. And I, I think we should try to avoid that. So... Let's keep for going this one, down. For sure, yeah. I think, because, I mean, I think for this podcast, for this first episode at least, I just want to, I think it's interesting to talk to other people and just learn, like, you know, how are you curating or are you even curating your social media feed? Like, what role does it play in your life? Yeah, let's try, let's switch back a little bit um, onto the social media path. So, Let's talk about the current... Actually, let's go back to your current use of social media. Uh, How do you you choose what to post and what not to post? I think that one's interesting because coming from, like... Because, you know, we've had... I think we're in that generation that we weren't born into social media or we weren't born into Facebook, but it came up when I was pretty young, like I wasn't one of the first people that adopted, but I think I've, I've probably had my Facebook for a good, like 12 years, 11 years, something like a little bit over a decade now, you know, like I was on it when you would post your status of Nicole is thinking about what to have for lunch. <laughs> and then like your mom would like it and that's it. You that's know? a throwback. <laughs> yeah. Nicole is, is bored and missing her friends. Like, that would be the status of, and you know, and like, I don't remember there being photos or maybe the photos came eventually later on, but like, no, the statuses were everything. Yeah. It was like, it was text statuses. There were no like Facebook groups or events or anything, like nothing like that. It was just, you know, you log on to your feed. Dude, that's OG. Yeah. Like that's how I, like that was when I first started getting on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and that kind of a thing. So it was, you know, I was, probably like a freshman in high school or something around that time mm-hmm. and so at that point you know it's like you're literally just it's just you and your like your three friends that are all on the same instagram and then that's it but it's not really like a as like you know i would be i'd be seeing them more in person in real life than i would be actually like interacting with them online so starting there at that point to now like where i am now of like oh i'm like postgraduate professional young adult fully aware that whatever I post online can come back to bite me in 40 years if I ever decide to run for president, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I think it, it does help for me. At least I have like a mixture of, of people from, you know, like my old life of like living back in the Valley and being heavily involved in church and like, you know, my quote unquote, like film life nowadays of everything I'm doing now. So I'm more reserved on my feed. I think I kind of figure like it's all information that I'm fine with just anyone knowing because I'm, I'm all my profiles are on public. I don't have anything on private, really. Mm-hmm. So anything I'm putting out there is just stuff that I know I'm comfortable with anyone knowing. Like if my employer were to look me up, it'd be OK. That's Nicole. All right. You know, like it's not it's not limited to all like, you know, LinkedIn level professionalism, but it's not like. Yeah, I'm also not posting stuff that I would feel uncomfortable about personally with. I don't know. All right, what about you? Because, like, for you, you've got your photography business, so it's kind of, you kind of have to post to some degree. Yeah, so that's honestly, again, it's something I have been thinking through a lot because I I don't 
post. I hadn't posted for a long time because, like, like you, I when I used to post stuff, I used to post like the dumbest stuff. I used to post like sports scores when I was hungry, and just whatever random weird thoughts like my yep. teenage brain brain was churning out. Like, I I don't even want to share what kind of stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure I did one post. It's like. Nathan is thinking about all his friends and how they're like snowflakes. None of them are alike, but they're beautiful in their own way. And I'm like, I look at that now, I'm like, okay, like, why would you post that? Like, okay. what is, like, who cares? You know, it's got like four likes. I also like, love that that was before snowflakes became like a derogatory, tor- like, political turn. That was like... <laughs> I literally saw it at Starbucks. It was just like a, on the, like a little cup. So I was like, that sounds nice. I'll just put that on social media. Like kind of, yeah, with, I was not thinking. There was no thought and I just posted. And then I think similar to you, like honestly that lasted through about halfway through college where I just posted anything and everything just strange, weird, anything I thought was funny. I just put it on social media. Um, and then I think once I started picking up a camera as a photographer, I then I started trying to post like your artsy stuff and mm-hmm. I was pretty actively posting any any of my friends I took photos for and it was like the coolest thing if someone used one of my photos as their profile picture. And then I think in the past, like, yeah, once I, around once I graduated, I stopped posting almost altogether. Like I... One, my life was not as active as it was in college, but two is there's that professionalism that you were talking about, like oh my employer could look at what I was, what I'm doing or what I was saying, and I think there's kind of a, a fear <laughs> because of the dumb stuff I posted in the past, um, but yeah, I stopped posting and I I still haven't really picked it up even with my photo business. It's been hard for me to draw the line between where self-promotion is and that just being an arrogant thing as opposed to like I think there are like it's innate in humans to want to share things that we enjoy and so like I I enjoy photography and anytime I take a photo I still don't look at it myself but I text my you know I'll text it to you I'll text it to my old roommate I'll text it to you know some some of my other friends but I won't post it on the mass media um and as to why, I I think it's because social media, like our profiles, what we post has become intertwined with like our identity and how, not, I, I think it is how we see ourselves, but more importantly, how other people see us. Mm-hmm. And because when it was Facebook, like, you know, I did so many stupid statuses, like you couldn't see that I posted that snowflake thing unless you remembered it and wanted to bring it back up. You know, later, but you have to dig. Like, yeah. there's not an instant uh, identity buried within that. But especially now with Instagram, I, I think you can pretty quickly. I can look at your Instagram. You can look at my Instagram. I can look at anyone else's Instagram, and you know, oh, he's a nature photographer. He likes backpacking. Oh, she's involved with film, and she does like a lot of acting on the side. Oh, she's one of those like really vain girls that is always doing makeup tutorials and trying to, you know, you, 
that was not present before mm-hmm. with the old school Facebook that you're talking about. Yeah, I think back then there that was a missing element. Like that mm-hmm. wasn't. And I don't know exactly why or at what point that kind of started developing because I do remember hearing, you know, our parents and older being like, oh, be careful what you put online because it's going to be there mm-hmm. forever. Be careful what you say, you know, doing all that. And yeah, that was part of the reason why I think like as a teenager, like, yeah, I posted really dumb stuff, but I never crossed a line to where it's like, oh, that was actually like legitimately inappropriate. Like that wasn't good, you know. So I still had some awareness of that, of that, like, oh, I'm putting this information out there and that, like, I wouldn't, like, oh, I would maybe say this in real life, but I wouldn't say it online. Mm-hmm. So even, like, as a high schooler, like, I had some type of awareness of that, but I wouldn't say it was, like, me being cognizant of the fact that what the image I'm creating for people and that I'm controlling that image that I'm putting out there. It wasn't like that. It just was a, I think part of it could have been a judgy thing, too. Part of it was definitely a judgy thing of me being like, oh, well, I hate girls that post like this or I hate guys, you know, like that kind of thing. And being like, I don't want to be one of those people and like very judgy in that way, I think. So Yeah, so it's totally that thing where it's feeding into your identity. Like if you're doing those posts, you're one of those. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, I I think that was part of as high school me, high school, college age me that held me back from posting anything actually like really like not good that I have to take down where... It was, there was that element of like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not like that. Like me making a judgment on that person, that person's mm-hmm. character based mm-hmm. on the way they present themselves online, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, but like even for me now, if you were to go look at my Instagram, you know, I think like the last like six or seven pictures I've posted have been like of me, like not of something I've taken a picture of, but of me, like someone else has taken the photo of me. And I look at that and I go like, yeah, like at one point I kind of hated people that would do stuff like that. I'd be like, oh, you're so vain. Like it's mm-hmm. only you on your own feed. But then now I'm in my position right now where I'm like, well, yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out with people that, you know, they, they take great photos and they took great photos of me. And I kind of want to share that. Why? Because I look good in the picture and I want people to think I look good. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. So maybe there's a certain amount of vanity that comes with it. Maybe. There probably definitely is. I haven't really dug into that. But I think there's also a certain amount of... I like seeing my friends, like, you know, my real-life friends, whenever they post on their feed, I'm like, oh, look, at so-and-so. I haven't seen them in forever. Like, there is that element to it, too. I think we feel vain when we post... Like, I again, I used to post pictures of myself all the time. I would take... Self, like, at college, I would just take selfies of any random thing I thought was cool. Like, I was in the library, I took a selfie because I'm, like, standing on the bookshelf in the library. Like, would I do that now? No, but I, I feel like back then it was almost a more innocent and pure expression of just sharing something I thought was cool or something that I enjoy without so much identity being tied into how I see it. And I I definitely am overthinking it sometimes because, like you said, like we, we like to see other people share posts about themselves that are not, you know, not the ones that are doing it every single day, of course, but like everyone, almost like an update. Like this, the Facebook status update. Like we like seeing and knowing what other people are doing. Where sometimes it feels vain, like we're trying to trying to draw attention to ourselves. I feel like there is a healthy balance where, if you're not doing that, the crazy every every day side, then it, it is refreshing. It's nice. Like, wow, you know, my high school friend is still alive and he's working out in Texas. You know, like and having fun water rafting. Like that's. 
that's cool to me. Like, I, I don't, I feel like that's like a good purpose of social media that I've, I, I feel like that's how it's intended to be. It's that and creating course, a connection thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's evolved. Actually, I don't know if it's unfortunately, but it's evolved into a lot more. But I think that baseline connection is is a good thing. But there's a lot more these days to it. Yeah, it's more like connection plus or something. Or it almost feels like there's an aspect to it now of like, I feel like for me at least, I'm... I've maybe surrounded myself with people that like everything is a hustle and like everything is, you know, what's your next step? What are you doing for work? What are you doing to like, what's your next step? Like that's mm. kind of the, you know, momentum and like moving forward and always, always going forward, always having something in the world, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And so your social media kind of plays into that of like, you know, that is your brand. So you're a brand. So how do you want to present your brand? Are you a like, you know, what do you want to post? Are you a, a chef? Are you someone who cooks like what what is it and so it's it's not so much about that let me connect with these people that I you know worked with for five months like on a really intense project and let me just like maintain this connection with them and just like say hi or whatever like they're coworkers, but also they're friends you know mm -hmm. it's it's less about like oh let's maintain that actual connection versus like oh like what is your brand? I don't, you know, it's almost like the, like you're trying to monetize it, at least for, for me, how I felt sometimes where it's like, ooh, do I need to put more effort into my Instagram? Like, do I need to like, you know, hustle and try and be an influencer so, you know, I can make that a side gig? Like, And more opportunities come from having more people following you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, if you have more followers with a certain amount of engagement percentage, then that means you can start getting sponsored and all this other other stuff. And like, yeah, that, that sounds cool, like in, you know, in concept, but it's also kind of like, ooh, I don't, I, I still enjoy the like genuine interaction though. Of like, I, I don't like that feeling of like, I have to post today because it's my schedule or, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I've had, I've had some times where I'm like, you know, I just don't feel very good. And I don't want to like post online acting like I'm happy when I, I don't feel good. Hmm. Okay, that's a that's a totally different conversation then, because yeah. I think we do post. There's things that we want to share about, and there's also things that we don't want to share about, obviously. And it's really easy to, because we're seeing so many things, it's easy to not think about what's not seen. Like a lot of our high schoolers at church, like like depression's like a big deal these days, and I think it's because you're seeing everyone doing awesome stuff all the time whether it's like celebrities or whether it's your friends out at a party together or your other friends that are camping or your other you know your brother that's dating and you're not you know like the that type of deal like it it can be tough and just because you what you're seeing you you see one person doing something and you think oh I'm not doing that but you also don't think about the other you know couple hundred of your other friends on that platform that are also just scrolling and looking and also not doing anything um so like the depression factor from that is it's a really big problem these days yeah there is that you know so you know how i'm doing that science of well-being course online yeah there was one specific week where they kind of talked about like oh, these are some things in your life that are kind of keeping you unhappy and that kind of introduce some unhappiness to your life. 
And like one of the things they talked about, of course, was social media. And so back when this was recorded, I think the two big ones were like Instagram and Facebook. I don't, maybe Snapchat was like still new in the world, but mm-hmm. it wasn't quite the like, you know, giant thing it is now. But anyways, in that course, they mentioned um, that there was a study done or there's there's a term that they introduced called reference points and the whole idea that like social media kind of screws up our reference points and that we're looking at, you know, mm. our feed going, oh, so I'm like a, you know, I'm 25-year-old girl living in L.A. Here's what other 25-year-olds are doing in L.A. Here's what I should be doing. Like, that's mm. my reference point because that's on my feed and it kind of screws up your feed. And so it, it's their recommendation was, you know, just get off it. Don't be on social media as much, which, of course, <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds it sounds like it's a great in concept. But again, it's kind of one of those. What I don't know, it's just part of my life. And it's also that whole brand hustle idea, but also connecting with people. I don't know. It's not just so easy as just get rid of it. There's yeah, I. People that go dark on social media, sometimes it's hard to, like, it's like, why did they do that? Like, I think it's good to take a break sometimes. For me, I've considered throwing it away, but I feel like there's too much good stuff that happens. And, like, it it is, like, social opportunities that can happen. Like, hangouts that are organized on, on Facebook. Like, honestly, I don't get much out of Instagram, but Facebook for me is, like, a big announcement for any group that i'm part of like there's always a facebook group and they have announcements for what's going on facebook messenger you had your birthday your quarter life crisis potluck on there yeah like without i don't know how i would do that otherwise like apparently our the high school kids they don't do that with facebook they'll somehow organize events on instagram i don't even know how that's possible but i i do remember in that Science of well-being course they did mention another thing was to kind of keep things in perspective you know so if you're seeing mm-hmm. someone even if it's something like you know you're you're at work and you're seeing someone post about like how the waves are great this morning like just like audibly just remind yourself and go like stop that's you don't need to compare yourself to that they're living like you know they're in a different position than you are and that's okay and like what was it called it was benchmarks reference they... points. Oh, reference points. Yeah. I, I think that's a super... Yeah, I've never thought about that before. That's Because the way social media affects us, it's passive. Like those reference points like that you see, you're not trying to change your reference point, but it, like through what you're seeing, it, it does it itself. Um, whereas, you know, maybe you didn't think making a million dollars when you were 25 was possible. Like, but that guy's doing it at age 22, you know, like, how could I not be doing that? Or how this girl is, was able to do all this. Like, look at how beautiful she is. Look at her whole wardrobe. Look at her aesthetic. And what am I doing? You know, like, but the reference point has changed. And I'm pretty sure this was something your, your mom said before. Like, comparison is the thief of joy. I, I think she said that to you probably a lot. And, you know, it, it's a pretty true thing. Like, I I feel like a lot of us are caught up in, like, we, we all know that comparing is not a good thing. Like, whether that be in the classroom, whether that be, like, in sports, in school. Like, comparison is never a great game to be playing because we're all doing our own thing. We're all on, we're all different. If we were all the same, maybe that was a different story. 
but I feel like social media, it's almost inherent to compare as well. And adding those reference points, like reference points that are way higher or more extreme than we're used to, I feel like that really makes a dangerous game to be playing with this media. Yeah, because it is a passive thing. It's not, you know, it's not like I'm looking at my feed going, oh, that is making me unhappy because now I'm comparing my body with her body even though we're not the same body. You know, we live different yeah. lives or we, we're different people just to start there, you know. <laughs> She's six <laughs> foot and white and I am, you know. <laughs> I am me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but it's not like a conscious thing where like, where, where it's like, oh, I saw that image and now I'm unhappy for some reason. And like, oh, I know why I'm unhappy. And like, okay, I'll just stop being unhappy. Reset, there we go, fix. You know, it just doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. So I think there is something to be said about pulling back on social media or at least, you know, going back to the curating your page kind of, of being careful who you allow to like live in that section of your life. So, sh- oh, okay, so this is, that's one way is like to be more careful and curate. A different thought is like, what if we just cared less? Like for me, like I, in like what I post and what I look at, like, do you think it's possible still like we did in middle school to just not care and like maybe not post as recklessly as we used to do, but just not care about the identity part that's tied in? Or do you think that's such a big part of it now that if we're ignoring that, and just like wrecking ourselves like socially you know do you think that's a better way to go about it or do you think it's better to just refrain because I feel like sometimes the over like curating it too much I feel like that still can have the same pitfalls as anything else that you're or the same the things you're trying to prevent I think in curating it I don't know if that'll necessarily fix it yeah, I don't I don't think that would fix it either. I Maybe it needs I maybe it's like a combination of the two things of, you know, at certain points in life this one thing works better or both these things work better, but I think yeah, maybe like harnessing some of that dumb 14-year-old energy of ah, oh, I enjoy this, so I'm going to post it. Like it doesn't really matter, you know. Yeah. That to some extent like that does kind of yeah, that 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 does kind of feel good in a way. Because, you know, you're like the, the people that like it will like it, and the people that don't, like, whatever. That's their problem. And it's almost like the who cares. Yeah. And I guess in some ways, like, we do have the advantage that, you know, we're not influencers, so we don't have a brand image to uphold or anything like that. Like, uh-huh. We're just normal people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, like, would go into the idea of, like, you know, there is this whole push of, like, monetizing authenticity and vulnerability right now, I feel like. But, you know, it's uh-huh. a separate conversation for another time. But I think, yeah, I, I feel like in a way there has to be some some mixture of, you know, kind of being careful who you're allowing on your feed and also just harnessing that, like, all right, whatever. Like, it makes me happy, you know? Maybe that aspect of, yeah, treating social media then as, like, a, a supplement. Oh, like, that's nice. That makes me happy. I feel like nowadays it's become such a big thing where everyone's always talking about, like, 
social media or even if I see people I haven't seen for a while they know about my life through social media like it's become a big deal because it's a great tool and a great uh yeah these apps are really incredible but I feel like if we're able again to relegate it to its proper place in our lives as a supplement as opposed to yeah for these brand identity branding yourself like those are not essential things to us at least for us as normal people like if if you're a model and or if you're an actress if you're a musician like you really a photographer ironically like you really need to be using it to like push your brand forward and maintain a brand like that's important but for i feel like for us as normal people and i, I think those people even have normal accounts still i feel like it's a a healthy thing to to maybe yeah more recklessly post and just not care so much and i feel like that like posting like that can affect the way you see other people's posts as well even even if they are trying to push like a message across i feel like that might be a healthier way of change allowing your your mindset about media to change yeah we're all just here to we're all just here to enjoy it the way we do. Like it's, I was talking with a friend earlier about this where we were talking about coffee and it's like, yeah, like I enjoy coffee my way. You can enjoy it your way. Like here's some, we're talking about cold brew specifically and how, you know, there's mm-hmm. a quote unquote right way to do cold brew. Um, and I was just telling him like, yeah, here's the things I know of how to do it. But honestly, like just do what makes you happy. Do what you have time for and do what you like drinking the best. And you want to put creamer in it or whatever it doesn't matter where your beans come from you know like just do something that when you make the coffee and you have that first sip you're like yeah yeah this is it <laughs> that's so postmodern. <laughs> it's not a right way to do it it's just whatever makes you happy there is no coffee truth but it's true when it comes to coffee and i feel like there has to be a, a sense of truth when it comes to social media too of like that makes you happy to post that okay all right, sure. But there is, like, I think there is definitely a line, and it's also a different conversation for people that are in our position that are not influencers versus people that have a huge following and have influence, like, on their base, you know? Yeah, but I think that that's a conversation about money. Like, if you're making money because of your posts, you definitely need to be careful about what you're posting. There's no way you should be reckless as, yeah, some of the stuff we would post on our own. But... Again, for the average person that is not making money off of it, that just has like, you know, a couple hundred followers or maybe probably like anything less than like a thousand, fifteen hundred followers. Like, I feel like the way we treat treat it is, yeah, just like whatever makes you happy. And I think it's important to identify, like we were talking about, things in ways that social media does not make us happy and being careful enough to examine and like, wow, you know, I think I subconsciously was comparing myself to that dude who's a travel photographer and, you know, I feel like a bum for sitting at home. Like, I think it, I don't think it's that far of a stretch of understanding to just take like five minutes to think about like, why am I sad today? And I think, I think it's pretty easy to track from social media where that's coming from. And you know, sometimes it's an active thing you have to do to make yourself happier, I guess, in this sense, like, 
it, it, I guess not looking would be the active thing and whether that means deleting it or taking a little break. I feel like that's always a healthy thing with social media and maintaining a healthy relationship with it because it's really addictive. I think the way we treat it is addictive and that also contributes to the negative effects it has on us. Yeah. And I think it's been engineered to be addictive because again, revenue ads, all that stuff, you know, but there is an element of it. I think it's addictive because it's people and people like people, you know, (laughs) very true. (laughs) Coming from the anthropologist, just, you know, people like people, that's it. Boil it down. Even introverts like people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. What are your thoughts on this? Share with us at TTO2 or email us at thinkingthroughour20s at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Nicole and my co-host is Nathan. We hope that this episode sparks curiosity and conversation in your life. We'll see you next time.